history. For thousands of years, humans have been fucking things up. But now, two heroes of the modern age are here to fuck up history. It's Historama. What's going on? This is uh, episode two of Historama with your host Mason Mothersbaugh Height, joined by and I'm Michael Goroff. He's also a host. I don't know why I changed the intro. I like being like a prolonged guest. Prolonged guest? Yeah, like a guest that just won't go away. It's kind of <laughs> reflective of our actual lives. That's right. He does live with me and my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm never fucking leaving. <laughs> Alright, so um, in the last podcast, uh, we're doing a series right now on Benedict Arnold, a uh, famous American traitor, war hero, whatever. Tight, um, tight ass. Yeah, real tight ass. Real, uh, real, he's not a guy that I would personally be friends with because he reminds me too much of myself and I hate myself and would not want to spend time with me. I know. <laughs> so uh, you want to give us like a quick recap of what we learned in the last one? Yeah, so um, last episode we basically just covered his life. You know, he grew up in Connecticut. Um, his family was one of the first to come over uh, to the new country and um, uh, new to white people country. And, you know, he uh, they were really they were really wealthy and then they were just gradually lost all their money and power until his father died a drunken disgrace in Norwich, Connecticut. And uh, all his siblings died except for his sister Hannah and his mom died. And Everybody was, died. Yeah, and he was 20 years old and sort of, um, sort of left to his own devices, you know, running his own shop. Um, so he, he ended up doing all right. Like he had money, he had a shop, he had a trading business yeah yeah he was um you know he was a good business person and he was he was good at trading um but a a big part of of his sort of uh business ventures in new haven connecticut was that he was the new money um you know and a big goal of his was to restore his family name and he would always talk about the the arnolds and what how, how what they meant to this this uh new you know the the colonies um, and he would always, he would really come into conflict a lot with the old money, um, who... I mean, they were pissed because he's smuggling a bunch of goods in, he's doing all this shit. Breaking all money. these, yeah, breaking yeah. all these British laws, all the tax acts, stamp act, which we covered last episode. So, where we're kind of at right now is shit's heating up. Yeah, yeah, shit with the revolution is, like, starting to pop off. It's a crock pot. It's a delicious crock pot. Full of <laughs> mutton and... And musket um, balls. So it's kind of weird that um, you know I never thought about how our bullets have changed. You know, we just we used to just shoot balls, lead balls, and chunks of metal out of our guns. I mean, that's kind of how it works now, though. If you think about it, we just use little explosions to hurl pieces of metal. But they're yeah, but they're little rockets. You know, they're like very well engineered. The musket balls were just these fucking balls lead balls you know they didn't have the casing it's just weird man i mean they sort of did it, it doesn't just, it seem wasn't that all scary packed into a nice neat little package it was just all sort of willy-nilly and open like you had all the same shit 
that comes in a cartridge. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Can I edit that out? I, right? <laughs> God damn, what is it about recording that just makes me burn? Well, like we, also, we, I'm trying to swear less in this one. I mean, we should definitely... Let's let's keep it going. Evolution of bullets aside, yeah, whatever. Let's keep it's, it going, because we're yeah. drinking beer and coffee, and I'm not, I can't promise I'm going to make it through this without, without having to take a huge shit or piss my pants. So, so anyway, where we're at is Benedict Arnold. Yeah, he, he's out there. He's trading. He's smuggling. He's making money and... Breaking British laws. Breaking British tax laws. So, on the subject of British tax laws, we're about to, like, really gloss over the start of the American Revolution. But I wanted to touch on it just a little bit because almost the rest of the, you know, the whole Benedict Arnold story sort of centers around it. Yeah, I have, like, eight sentences about the beginning of the Revolutionary War. I mean, you want to take a stab at it? You yeah, I could, look, I could get us started. Um, so where we're at right now, it's September 1774. Um, King George III back in England, sitting on his sitting in his fancy underwear, his his lacy little his lacy little panties up, up on the English throne. You know, he's he's putting pressure on the colonists. Um, you know, one of the things he starts doing is declaring martial law in Massachusetts. Um, so that's a big deal. People are kind of pissed about that. Um, you know, he's telling his soldiers in Massachusetts that they can seize, you know, um, rebel leaders and execute them without trial, which is kind of insane. And he's doing all this shit because, you know, they just fought this super expensive war to defend the colonies. It was called the French and Indian War. Or and the Seven Years War. Yeah, yeah, of course. It was just, yeah, it was another theater of that. You know, I don't like the name French and Indian War because it makes it sound like the French and Indian are fighting. I mean, they kind of, well, yeah. They no, weren't fighting with each true. other. They did a little bit. You know, tribes are always picking different sides, and they usually pick the wrong one. Right. And, you know, that's, you know, that was too bad for them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, Indians were, uh, Native Americans. I need to not say Indian anymore. Well, Native we're, Americans. We're, we're putting ourselves in the, in the historical place that we are, are talking about. So... We're, we can say Indians, you know, <laughs> we can own slaves, because that's what they did back then. Oh, God. <laughs> Are we going to edit that up? Oh, no, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> we might have to. Um, um, so... Oh, but yeah, so yeah. he's trying all these different taxes out, like Mike was just saying, and, uh, you know, he's trying to find out ways he can kind of help pay for his troops that are there, keep them fed, keep them quartered, and... You know, the Americans are just, or the colonists, are just freaking out. They're like tearing down Americans. Because we're going to keep saying Americans. Yeah. And we just have to, we just have to say Americans. Because if we keep going back and forth, I think I said colonialists a bunch last episode. Yeah, which is not what sound I mean. right. No, well, I mean, it is a word, but it means people that are, like, into colonialism. Like colonial enthusiasts? Yeah, basically. Like, which is technically what they were, because they were... They were just loving their life. I mean, yeah. But uh, let's just say Americans. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're so they're Americans. like, they're That's tearing down tax collectors' houses. They're tarring and feathering people. They're doing all sorts of fucked up stuff. So, like, all these money-making schemes by the British Parliament are kind of not working, and I apologize if I just sidetracked you too much there. You want to keep going? No, that's that's perfect, because that's why, you know, King George is laying down his fucking big king dick and saying, this shit isn't going to fly anymore. 
So what happens is, um, you know, he's he's starting to get you know a little bit more aggressive with the Americans, um, and what he does is, um, and and at this at the time, people you know some people in Continental Congress were still like, no, we can work this shit out with him, and the king was kind of just getting fed up with everything. So he tells this guy uh, Thomas Gage, who is a pretty famous British general, to provoke an incident that would require uh, military action. So what he wants to do is is do something that would piss the Americans off so much that they become violent, and that and then he can send the the British troops in to sort of lay the hammer down hard. So what so what he does um, on April eighteenth, seventeen seventy five, what, what Thomas Gage does is send nine hundred men to um, seize munitions in uh, Concord, Massachusetts, which is uh, pretty, f- th- this is the start, this is the actual start of the The shot heard around the world. Yeah, this is where, you know, this is where Paul Revere's running at t- into town on his horse, um, you know, the British are coming, uh, the Redcoats are coming, whatever he's saying. Um, two if by land, one if by sea. What is, I might what is that, that backwards. What is that? Two what? It was lanterns and like oh, a okay. church, like one of those oh, little okay. steeple tower things. And so he'd like hang these lanterns up and they're like, oh shit, they're going by boat, not by land. It's like, um, you know, that's like Twitter before Twitter. Yeah, or was it like a pager? Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can only yeah. convey really weird, specific things with numbers. Yeah, you had to know what it meant before you lit the lantern. But if you knew what it meant, it was a pretty, pretty good system. Um, so, so Paul Revere and a bunch of other writers come in and tell, tell people that the British are heading to Concord. So 60 colonists, they assemble in Lexington, which is, um, you know, on the way to Concord. Um, and they... Tell big government, hands off our guns. Hands off our guns. Hands off our, our musket balls. <laughs> um, and so they, you know, 60, 60 colonists end up killing or wounding uh, 273 British soldiers, um, uh, which is pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, and, first round, pretty good. Um, oh, wait, no, that was in Concord. So in Lexington, I'm not sure how many they took out. They just basically slowed them down enough where all the colonists could kind of gather and come. Yeah, and they were like shooting guns at each other. You know, it was like one of those things where it's like, oh shit, this is like really starting to boil up. People are shooting at each other. Yeah, which wasn't really the... I mean, the British... Like that's that's like the spark. Once you get to Concord, that's where the spark lands in a big puddle of gasoline. And they really get pissed at each other. And the British are forced to retreat. The American militias follow them back to Boston. And then they actually lay siege to the city. So the British can't leave Boston because you've got all these militias kind of coagulating Mm. in Cambridge and nearby. And so they're having to get all their resources in by sea. The British are. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, General Gage is in there. Yeah, he's trapped in the... He's probably pooping his pants. Pooping his pants. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where Ben gets involved. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about him. Oh, yeah, all right. So, Lexington and Concord happens, and they're just riders going out all over the colonies. And really, it was one of those things where when they were closing Boston Harbor, when General Gage was taking over, 
you had these militias springing up in, like, every town. And they all had their own goofy ones. And, uh, yeah, this was know. not an organized... Like, th- th- <laughs> no, it was like baseball teams. Yeah, th- that's one thing that I didn't really, like, talking about stuff that we didn't know uh, about this before we, we researched it. Maybe you knew this, but I had no idea that, like, all of these groups were not talking at first. It wasn't like Continental Congress was like, all right, let's build our army. It was just a bunch of fucking random people that really just wanted to get him, you know. Yeah, like maybe the closest thing to a unifying thread was like the Sons of Liberty or something, and that wasn't even really like a government yet. Although it was the beginning of our current shadow government, which we can talk about at length um, (laughs) in a later episode. Right? There you go. Oh. If you've ever played Metal Gear Solid 2, you know what I'm talking about. Or you don't know. I played all of those games. I still don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> well, I know, and maybe I'll he just do my know. own episode. He doesn't know. Hideo Kojima doesn't know. But, uh, alright, so the one that springs up in New Haven, where Ben's at, they're named the Gentlemen of Influence and High Respectability. And it's a uh, colonial militia. It's a super intimidating name. Right? And I guess they all had really nice uniforms. Mm-hmm. Super intimidating. Right? And Although, so- <laughs> if a bunch of guys started walking into town in powdered yeah. wigs and knickers and, you know, pressed pressed coats with guns, I'd probably be a little terrified. That, that That's sort of like verging into Batman supervillain territory, you know what I mean? That's like, that's like a, you know, their faces are all powdered white, they got lipstick on. That's some scary shit. All the, they all wore lipstick. <laughs> George Washington wore lipstick. And women's underwear. That you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to come back to that. <laughs> Alright, so we're, great. where were yeah. we at? Um, so, all these militias are springing up, and now there's this big incendiary event that happens, and Ben is like, oh shit, you know, things are popping off, and I want to get my boys up to Cambridge, we want to do our part to defend, you know, the colonies, we're pretty unhappy with the British, like, let's get going. Oh, wait a minute. We've got weapons, we've got guys, we've got uniforms. We don't have ammo. Yeah, that's this is my this is my favorite, one of my favorite All right. parts. Well, I'm going to let you jump into it. Well, cuz I I don't know that. I mean, I don't know it in detail. Basically what happens is they go to cuz they're still he Ben's still in New Haven, Connecticut at this time. And and you know, he goes he gets his his buddies. Um they go to the powder house in New Haven and they go up to the old British loyalist dude uh you know he's part of the old money crew because the old money controlled all that shit they controlled the the governor they control they controlled you know all of the officers they controlled the courts in the town and they controlled the munitions so he goes so ben takes his his gang and goes up to the powder house and they're like all right we need guns to go fight the british and they tug on the door and oh shit yeah it's locked it's locked and the guy's like yeah i don't think i'm gonna do that because i like the british and I don't really want to give you powder to shoot them. And Ben's like, all right, well, here's what's going to happen. If you don't give us the ammunition, we're just going to fucking kick the door down. And we're just going to take it. And we'll probably do what we did to uh, Paul Bowles and, uh, you know, tie a lamppost to your dick and make you run out of town. I'll spank you in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the guy's like, um, all right, well, I don't want that to happen. So he gives them... 
Well, Ben so, also has that great quote where he's like, none but God Almighty shall prevent me from marching. It's just like, what a nerd. God. <laughs> he, you know, he, he does cool stuff and then he says stuff like that. I know, he threatened a bunch of rich people with a... With yeah, a but he did it with like, cool. undo God. It's like, come on, dude. God, why? Like, why? Why do you gotta ruin it? That, to be fair, though, that was like the, oh, I'll be back of, like, the 1770s. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of good at weird colonial one-liners. He's threatening to blow someone's head off, mm. you know, he just all sorts of good stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they, they grab the munitions, and they, and they, they, um, they head to Cambridge, where they run into this guy, Colonel uh, Samuel Holden Parsons, who was, um, I, I don't remember exactly what group that he, what group he was associated with. I think it was just with one of the militias that was there. Yeah. You know, because all these different militias are springing up, and they're all sort of rushing to Boston where this action is happening. And, you know, it's just as disorganized as it sounds. You know, it's a bunch of guys who were farmers out in some frontier land, grabbing their guns, getting their neighbors, and... I mean, he could have just been there by himself. And he's like, well, who we got in this group? Okay, it's just me? Okay, well, then I'm the colonel. And he just names himself colonels, because that's, kind of that's kind of what happened early on. Like, before they had a really organized, before they really organized this mass of just blobs of, muni of uh, militias, people were just kind of like, all right, well, that's, what that's how Ben got his first, like, officership. Yeah, like, he was elected... Uh, he he was the elected leader of the gentlemen of influence and high respectability. Yeah. They were like, this guy seems to know what's up, and he's got some money. And I'm drunk, and I don't really want to think about it. Yeah, that's another thing is, uh, yeah, that all those town elders and everything, they were just hanging out in a tavern. Like, half the time when people meet in this story, they're all just drinking in taverns. People are drinking constantly. Yeah. Nobody was sober during this, except for Benedict Arnold. And that's <laughs> probably why he's such a pain in the ass. That's why nobody liked him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Can I talk about Parsons and then? Yeah, if you know anything we'll, about Parsons, I'll let well, you know. No, no, no not, not personally. Oh, just okay. like this whole this whole episode with Parsons is funny to me. So he, so Benedict Arnold runs in uh, uh, to this guy Colonel Parsons, and Colonel Parsons is like, "Oh shit, you know the British, they're coming. Everything's getting all messed up. It's crazy." And and, and Ben's like, "Well, I know this fort called Ticonderoga. Um, I used to." see it a lot um when i was trading up in up in the you know northern part of the country in new york you mind if i just interject for a second no so the whole reason ticonderoga even popped into his mind is they're all in cambridge and they're all laying siege to boston and oh yeah so boston's got a ton of british soldiers they've got a big rabble of american soldiers but the americans don't really have a ton of weapons they don't really have a lot of good weapons they don't have a lot of great clothes you know like they're sort of lacking a lot of good supplies and one of the biggest ones and it's something that uh, mr parsons pointed out to arnold or arnold maybe noticed on his own it depends mm -hmm. who you believe but uh they needed cannons and so Arnold had been a trader forever with his dad, uh, just doing his own trading. Yeah, guess what they had a shitload of in Ticonderoga. Yeah, a bunch of brass cannons. Brass fucking cannons, bro. And so <laughs> Ticonderoga sort of had this crazy reputation as like this impregnable 
fucking evil bastard of a fortress because during the French and Indian War, the British attacked the French who were there when it was called Fort Carillion, and they suffered one of their worst defeats of, you know, the war in that theater. So a lot of people just sort of wrote it off as like, whoa, don't mess with that. But Ben knew different. He basically knew the soldiers that were there were sort of like the reject weirdos of the British Army anyway. You know, because they're stationed out in the middle of nowhere in the woods, a million miles from anything that matters. And he also knew that the fort was sort of falling apart. So he's like, oh man, we need cannons. Ticonderoga has cannons. And uh, I'm going to pass it back to Mike. Yeah, so so Ben tells Parsons about the cannons. And he and Ben goes off and he, he goes back to Cambridge with his dudes. And they're all sort of formulating a plan of attack. Because Parsons is like, oh yeah, that sounds... Sounds pretty good, yeah. And then Parsons, uh, he goes to Hartford, and he's talking to this guy, um, he's talking to a bunch of the citizens there about um, Ticonderoga. He's like, you know, I know about this place, Ticonderoga. I didn't just hear about it. I definitely knew about it beforehand and and not taking someone else's idea. <laughs> and so he, te- he tells this, these, these, uh, this militia that's in, in Hartford, Connecticut, about Ticonderoga. And they're like, oh, that sounds, we should go get that. He's like, yeah, yeah, you should totally go get that. It was my idea. <laughs> and, and so they appoint this guy, uh, um, Edward Mott, um, who, I don't was he a general or? Uh, he, I think I him, call him General Mott. Uh, he was a captain. He was a captain. Captain, captain Mott. Edward Mott. So, um, so they, so he, so not only does Parsons tell them about it, but then, but then Parsons also somehow word gets around to these guys my favorite guys in this whole story, uh, Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys up in Vermont. <laughs> These guys are awesome. Yeah, they're, they're like the Hell's Angels of like colonial America. Yeah, the Green Mountain Boys—they're just like the drunkest, rowdiest. Just they don't care at all, like about anything. Um, except for what they, they care cons- about their little slice of uh, heaven. Yeah, I mean heart. they they care about um, the fact that so so the story behind the Green Mountain Boys real quick is you know, they're from Vermont and and they went up to Vermont because uh, the main guy um, Ethan Allen is this guy's name. He's like the he was like the de facto leader of of the Green Mountain Boys and um, and a lot of these uh, Ethan Allen he he got a. These um, these land grants to Vermont, and he got them on the cheap. He got them really cheap from the New Hampshire governor at the time. This guy's name was Benning Wentworth, which is just like these names, man. <laughs> I just want to know when we got so much less creative in America. I mean, Benning Benning. What is that? I don't even know. What is that? What is Benning? Sounds like a nice car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I what guess. What do you drive? I drive a Benning Wentworth fucking <laughs> peasant. Yeah, but they didn't have cars back then. So back then it was probably just like a really expensive dildo. Uh, they, have, they didn't have dildos back Yeah, they did. They, they were made like out of wood. They were made out of wood and horse hair. That's how they made dildos back then. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This isn't about I that. I like that I'm trying to like tame it down. I listened to the last episode and was like, man, I'm dropping F-bombs. I'm like saying all sorts of crazy stuff. And I like that you're just matching that. Cra- I guess the crazy just has to. <laughs> this be is here. what the people came here to, to see. 
Uh, we're Horse-haired, <laughs> wooden, splintering yeah. dildos. Um, Jesus. So Ethan Allen buys up all these grants, and he's like, wow, I can't believe this is so cheap. It's so beautiful out here. And he starts This to, seems too good to be true. <laughs> this is a dream come true. Oh, wait, it is too good to be true. Yeah, so what happened is... Um, Actually, the grants were so cheap because they were fake. They weren't real grants. And and the people that owned the grants were actually a bunch of uh, New Yorkers that had bought the grants from a legitimate source. Um, and so when the New Yorkers start showing up to the Green Mountain region in Vermont, which is where all these grants were for, um, Alan and his cronies are basically like the world's worst squatters. Like, they're just like, no... We're, we already live here. Um, sorry you actually bought real grants because we already are here and we're drunk and we've got a lot of guns, so we're just going to stay here. I feel like that's how a lot of American history goes. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's teaching, it's definitely teaching this is the settlers legally, a lesson. This is legally gray, but we are drunk and have guns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even, I don't think Alan would, was like, legally or not or morally had any qualms about it he's like no i'm here so tough shit i guess because it's a bunch of new yorkers that are like these wealthy landowners that are showing up yeah they'll have like land prospectors and all sorts of people you know they'll come wandering in not really realizing what they're walking into yeah and it's kind of fun so ethan allen and his uh his cronies their regular haunt was a it was a bar called the Catterwall which is a great name for a bar first of all it is a pretty cool name I guess a Catterwall I looked it up it's like a cougar and apparently they actually had like a big stuffed cougar on like a maypole which I don't know what a maypole is I'm assuming it's like a flagpole but maybe shorter Mm. and the cougar was like snarling and it was facing New York and so these people would come in and the Green Mountain Boys would just mess with them mercilessly there's this great story about two uh two land prospectors coming in and ethan allen just kidnaps both of them splits them up holds them for a couple days and then walks them outside and shows them in the distance there's like a dummy hanging from a tree that's made to look like one of the guys and he's like we hanged your buddy you better get the fudge out of here See, and the guy swearing. was, and the guy was like, "Well, they don't have, I don't have glasses, and also it's dark, so <laughs> I guess you did that." Well, well, but he did it to both of them. So, like the two guys, he's telling them that he hung the other one, and you know, then of course they run into each other a couple weeks later in New York. You know, it had to have been. Oh my God, a zombie! <laughs> You're the zombie. <laughs> got us, got us again, <laughs> damn prankster! No, I'm not a zombie, you idiot. Oh, shucks. But yeah, so yeah, they were just hard drinking, rooting, tooting. You know, they were just... They're party animals. They were. They They're were. party animals and landowners. And that group in the Green Mountain region, those are the Green Mountain boys. And Ethan Allen is, is their leader. Um, Colonel, quote, I'm air quoting that. I know you can't <laughs> see that. But, like you know, they did hold strategy meetings at a bar. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was like their command post, was yeah. the, the Catterwall bar. So, um, yeah, so so they find out about uh, Ticonderoga also, and they're like, all right, we're going to just head up there. 
And so, it's, I mean, it's pretty close to their land grants, too. Like, if the British do end up crashing down into the American forces, like, they're coming through that area. Yeah, it's like, if Ticonderoga falls, Vermont's going to be next, pretty much. So, I mean, they had a couple good reasons for doing what they were doing. Um, you know, one, because it would sort of give them a little bit of legitimacy. They were sort of squatters and not really you know, law-abiding citizens. Yeah. And also, you know, you get to, like, plunder and rip up a fort, and they're, you know, pretty crazy mofos. Yeah, two of their favorite things. They can say, well, we beat the... So now you gotta make these land grants legitimate, and we get a bunch of free shit. So it's awesome. And it's just, like, the coolest clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, what what is a better bar than a fort? I don't know. Like, I want to get smashed in a fort. Let's do it. Let's go do that. Do they got yeah. that Mormon fort in Vegas. I feel like there wouldn't be that much alcohol there. Yeah, but it's in Vegas. It's not like the Mormons still live there. Oh, I see. I see what yeah, you're it's saying. like a historical site. We'll that just sneak that would be these. even more fun then. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we'll edit that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you got like three parties that are sort of heading up there. You got Mott and his crew of about 60. You got Alan and the t- and 200 Green Mountain Boys. And then you got Ben Arnold and his little militia. And they're doing things the good old-fashioned honest way. They're going to the, the Massachusetts Committee of Safety and saying like, Hey, f- hey folks, we want to get your permission to go up there and do it right. And the Committee of Safety, which is not a very intimidating name for a military organization. Yeah, they were like, go do it. Yeah, they were like, let's, yeah, sure. All right, whatever, we don't care. People have been teasing me because I'm on the Committee of Safety (laughs) for too long. Let's take a fort. Yeah, they make us wear these orange vests. Well, now they're going to fear the the neon orange (laughs) vest of the Committee of Safety and our traffic cone hats. So they go. Well, they give them a commission. Yeah, they give them a commission. What does that mean? Like, money? It means that he is now officially given the task of capturing the fort. It's not just right. him okay. leading a bunch of drugs By to Heath and Allen. the Committee of Safety. Yes. Meanwhile, uh, the Albany Provincial Congress gives Mott the official go-ahead to go up there as well. Because they're not talking. Because nothing is organized. No one knows what the hell they're doing at this point. So they're sending two, they're sending two groups up officially under official business and then you have the green mountain boys that are also heading up there that have more people combined yeah they've got more men and firepower than benedict arnold or mott so so the green mountain boys you know they meet up with mott first they run into him on the way up there and and ethan allen's like well seeing as you got two you got 60 people and we got two 200 people i think you should just go ahead and give me your 60 people or we'll fucking uh, spit in your mouth a bunch <laughs> and um, take a shit on all your horses. And Mott's like, well, can't argue with that. <laughs> so so Mott's guys end up sort of just joining up with the Green Mountain Boys. And now Ethan Allen's leading all of these people. Yeah, um, his forces are getting bigger. Yeah, so he's got 260 people. And, and two of those people, which will become important later, are James Easton and, and John Brown, two of, like, Mott's, like, lieutenant, second-in-command kind of guys. Right? Yeah. Um, Actually, I think Easton happens later, because he was trying to get a commission from Arnold. Yeah, but that's because he's up there with them. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so he's up there with them. That's, that's like, we'll get to that. 
Um, yeah, do you want to talk about Ben going up there? Now? Yeah, so Ben, you know, he gets, like, an official commission, and he's sending, like, um, his captains and these other sort of officer ranks around to levy soldiers to go take this fort. Meanwhile, it gets back to him that Mott and Ethan Allen are already on their way to Ticonderoga. So Ben, like, freaks out, hops on his horse, and he's like, oh, shit, I got to catch up with him. He's, like, furious that someone's going to beat him to, you know, it's a great idea he had. Yeah, he was like, this is my deal. This is my deal. So he just, like, hauls ass and catches up with the uh, the Green Mountain Boys at Zadok's Tavern, which, you know, again, a bar. How do you remember all these tavern names? I don't know. <laughs> You don't even drink. I drink way more than you do. I'm drinking right now. I know, but that's just because I bought the beer. Well, anyway, he uh, he, he goes... Maybe it's because I drink way more. That's why I can't remember any of the names. <laughs> Could be. All right. <laughs> so he, I'm glad uh, that mystery solved. Yeah. He, uh, he goes into Zadik's Tavern, and um, basically he's shooting his mouth off, saying, Hey, look at these official papers. I have a commission. You have to turn all of your soldiers over to me right now. And he's walking around in this, like, frilly, scarlet uniform. Just, just sauntering his way through oh, the Oh, you know bar he's sauntering. With he's his got, papers like, in his hand. velvet pants on. <laughs> and so he's just losing it, telling well, Ethan Allen, you got to turn your forces over to me. Well, and, and the funny thing is, he's the only one from his group up there. Because he said all... Because they didn't have anybody. It was like 20 guys. And he's like, all right, go find some people to fight with us. Yeah, like, he'll have guys later, but right now it's just him. Yeah, and he's walking into this fucking biker bar, what was essentially a biker bar back in the day, and he's with his frilly little pants, saying, um, excuse me, sir, um, I believe that I have the commission here. And Alan's like, mm, yeah, well, I believe I got 260 men and a fucking belly full of beer, <laughs> and I'm gonna fuck you up. I'm gonna fuck you up. You step on my toe, boy. think what? of that uh, scene from Pee Wee's Big Adventure where he goes into the biker bar and he's just, excuse me. <laughs> and all the bikers just throw him out of the bar. And that's kind of what happened. Yeah, is... But you know what? Pee Wee had style. He did. And he had that song, Tequila. Yeah. I love that song. They did but, not uh, um, invent that song yet. Yep, not around yet. To Ben's detriment. <laughs> but, um, see, why do you turn away when you burp? It makes me feel like an asshole. I was wiping my mouth. Oh. <laughs> um, so Ben goes in, and he's demanding that he gets uh, control over it, the forces, and Ethan Allen kind of laughs him out, and the rest of the Green Mountain Boys sort of, you know, they're like, what are we going to do with this... Yankee Doodle coming in here telling us what to do. And, you know, Ben's just losing his shit. So, Ethan Allen thinks, alright, well, you know, I am sort of leading an armed, drunken mob to take a fort. Maybe... We're from illegally taken land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe we should um, let this guy... Co-command. Right. <laughs> and Ben is not thrilled. But he accepts it sort of reluctantly because... Because what's he going to do? Yeah, you know, Ethan Allen was just farting in his face. Like, there's nothing he can do. Yeah. I mean, if you were like, um, excuse me, Mr. Hell's Angel, sir, um, there's a CIA cache of weapons that I, you know, I think we should hit. Um, but I should be in charge. You know, that's not going to fly. That's not going to fly with people like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to... 
I don't. I don't. I've never done that. I'll say <laughs> Well, don't. Yeah. It doesn't turn out well. But Ben Ben's trying to, you know, get his nut in. Yeah. 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 So I they, uh, <laughs> he joins up with them and they, uh, they march up to Ticonderoga and they attack the fort and take it, like, instantly. They don't even really attack it. Like, this isn't an attack. Yeah, the whole quote-unquote battle lasts maybe ten minutes. Were there any shots fired? There was one shot fired, I know for sure, because the British sentry that was, like, supposed to be watching everything, when he sees them coming, freaks out and his gun misfires, and he runs inside. (laughs) So they storm in, and they're... There's like an officer with his hand in his pants, or not in his pants. He's got his pants in his hand. In his That's hand. very important. Uh, <laughs> clear that one up. Would be, would be pretty great <laughs> if he's just, you know, not doing anything, just walking around Al Bundy style with his hands <laughs> down his pants. So, uh, <laughs> so it feels good sometimes just to put your hand down there. I, I don't know. It's just comforting. I don't. You, I'm not going to discuss this. I was going to discuss this. We don't need to discuss it. Um, (laughs) So they're going in, and the first guy they run into is an officer, and Ben's sort of like cordially requesting the surrender of the fort, and the guy keeps sort of stalling. And then Ethan Allen realizes, he's like, who's this asshole? This isn't the commander. So he just starts screaming, come on out, you old rat, or I'll kill everyone in this fort. And finally, you know, the captain show, or the commander shows up real quick once Ethan Allen starts screaming at him. Mm. And, uh, yeah, they capture the fort and proceed to... Well, the first thing he does, he captures the fort. He sends all the British soldiers back to Connecticut under armed guard. And then he dispatches a couple of his boys out to capture a nearby fort. Crown Point. Crown Point. And then they immediately just tear into the liquor. But, you know... That's he's following my philosophy of drinking, which is you get your shit done, and then you can party. You know that's the responsible. That's the responsible alcoholic. That's what they. That's what we do. You know, <laughs> you get your shit done. Why not? Just get it done, and then you get to reward yourself by getting plastered and destroying your body and your mind afterwards. Which he did. He got obliterated. These guys were all getting drunk. Except for Ben. And he was pissed about it. <laughs> yeah. So he's running around bitching at everybody. Like, hey, hey, don't touch that. We need to account for that. Hey, don't drink that. Hey, don't eat that. Hey, don't do this. And, you know, it's like a bunch of, like, you know, crazy biker road warrior colonist guys. You know, they don't give a fuck. They're just tearing into everything. I mean, have you ever tried to take pizza away from a frat boy? I feel like I'd be trying to take pizza away from, like, a homeless guy. Like, you just run up and, like, no, it's mine. Like, it's, they're gonna get pissed. A homeless frat boy. Which is the <laughs> saddest frat boy. Because what's a frat boy without a frat house? Without a bunch of daddy's money. <laughs> but <laughs> sad. So, you know, Ben's going as far as, like, he's, like, writing Congress, saying, like, these men, they're wild men, and they're ruffians, and no one's listening. And so he, like, won't shut the fuck up. And everyone's getting really mad to the point where, like, some of the Green Mountain boys are, like, pranking him and shooting at him and stuff. And Ben is just, like, he's losing his shit. He's such a tight ass, and these guys are having so much fun, and he just can't stop any of it. I feel like Ben Benedict Arnold never had a fucking moment of fun. 
in his entire life. Like, I don't think he ever enjoyed a single moment. You know what? I never thought about that, but you're totally right. Yeah. I've read like three books on this dude, watched a document. He is the most sour puss. Every time anyone's every every time anyone's having fun, he's trying to shut it down. Well, the only time he's having fun is when he's running out into battle and getting fucking shot at. Well, you know, it's that old saying, every party needs a pooper, and that's why they invited Benedict Arnold. I guess. Do you think that he had a death wish? Uh, oh my god, yeah. Okay. And it makes well, so much more sense now that we know how fucking miserable he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess he... I'm dropping F-bombs again. It's the beer. It's fine. I've been dropping <laughs> F-bombs this whole time. I know. All right. <laughs> why do... Who's gonna listen to this? Nobody. <laughs> so, so he's... So Ben's getting... You know, he's getting all hoity-toity. Uh, the Green Mountain Boys and Ethan Allen are getting real annoyed. Mm. And Ethan Allen actually removes him from his bullshit made-up co-command position. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know what? You are so annoying. You're no longer the co-commander. <laughs> And I can just imagine him saying that totally drunk as Ben's like standing in the doorway tapping his foot. Yeah, I can imagine him saying that and then picking Ben up by his armpits and just kicking him in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> like just picking him right up, just kicking him right in his butt. But uh, fortunately for Ben, this is around when all of those captains that had sent out to levy soldiers, all the soldiers start arriving now. So every day you've got more and more of these Green Mountain boys sort of drifting back to Vermont, back to their farms, back to their you know, like, meth labs. Yeah, all right, we got, I got shit to farm. Yeah, and they didn't have anything going on. I got water my meth lab. <laughs> right? So they're kind of, they're leaving, Ben's guys are showing up, and the balance of power is now shifting towards Ben. And, you know, Ben immediately seizes control, he immediately... You know, kind of, he just, he pisses off Ethan Allen. He's sort of getting his revenge a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of dissing him, kind of just putting him back into his, the place that he thought he belonged in. And, um, Because so, he automatically thinks that he's better than this guy. Yeah. That was the oh, other yeah. thing. He, he was, yeah. He automatically was like, I don't know anything about you, um, but I'm better than you. And that was kind of his whole deal. And so the fort's captured, soldiers are showing up, you know, prisoners are being sent away, they captured this other little fort nearby, and they're both sending reports back, and Ethan Allen is sending his with this guy, John Easton? Mm-hmm. John, James Easton. James Easton. And John Brown. And John Brown. And Edward Mott. And Edward Mott. And they're all going to the Albany Provincial Congress to, you know file their reports on Ticonderoga and what happened. And so Ethan Allen, he was writing in his report that his men attacked the fort with a resistless fury. And, you know, they, they reported that Benedict Arnold had almost caused mutiny among the Green Mountain boys and only uh, Ethan Allen's intervention saved the day. And they sort of told the tale of this really heroic capture of Ticonderoga where... Ben's report, he just sort of sent it with a regular messenger, so the delivery wasn't quite there, and it was very dry, very like, oh, we got here, we did this, and now everything's fine. Mm -hmm. um, these guys keep drinking up all the booze, but, you know, tactical victory. Which doesn't really, you know, have the same panache. It's like why, um, why Hillary lost and Trump won. 
This is, again, this is not a political... It's not... That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Hillary was boring and Trump was fun. And (laughs) What? I don't want to get in. I don't want to even think about this. You don't want to talk about... That's true. No, it is. It's true. That's a big part of why Trump won. Is because he was fun to listen to. And and Hillary wasn't that fun. No, she really wasn't. So that's why. I'm not she saying tried that. to be. It was always so bad. I know, but I'm I not... always keep hot sauce in my purse. <laughs> why? Who does that? Who keeps hot sauce in their purse everywhere? Nobody. They were like, are you just pandering to black people right now? And she was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> like, she, whatever. Oh, God. But that it's the same kind of principle. You got these, like, kooky Green Mountain boys that are coming in telling this great story, whether it's true or not. Mm. And then you've got, you know, you got Benedict Arnold's messenger just handing a letter in. Yeah. And Ben's bad at politics. That's another thing that we should mention. He's, I think he's bad at social interaction. He's like bad he's at... pissing everybody off. Yeah, and he, but he's especially bad at... Like, he's not familiar with politics because he grew up not in that world, not dealing with people like that. He was a traitor... He was a business person. Yeah, he was sort of born into the upper crust and just sort of expected people to maybe recognize that. Yeah. So he was assuming a lot and he was bad at all of it. Um, and, And so, I mean, basically people start having these bad feelings about Benedict Arnold. You know, they're like, well, this it says here in, you know, James Easton poll is that Benedict Arnold was, I mean... Like, to his credit, um, uh, Ethan Allen was like, yeah, Ben was there, but they didn't, he didn't really do anything, you know? Well, nobody likes the guy that comes into the bar and tells you, hey, maybe you should quit drinking. Yeah, that's true. That's so, very true. Speaking of the guy that says that, uh, you know, so they've got Fort Ticonderoga, they've got, what was the other one, Crown Point? Crown Point. And then there's another little, like, British outpost nearby called St. John's, and... Ben is immediately, now that he's got all his guys there and he's in command, he's forming a plan to attack St. John's. And he wants to raid the British supplies and, you know, burn whatever he can't carry. So he gets, uh, what is it, a, a schooner with like 90 guys. And he starts heading out and he says, all right, I'm going to go get St. John's, get these supplies. And, you know, Ethan Allen, the Green Mountain boys that are still there, they're all kind of sobering up, and they're like, you know, oh, man, the liquor's running out. And they think, oh, shit, another fort. We got to go, and we got to plunder that and just have way more fun all over again. Mm-hmm. So they grab these, like, they're these big flat bottom boats called a bateau, which I think, didn't you say that was just French for boat? Yeah. But uh, it was, I think specifically it was a gondola was the name of the boat, right? I, I think it said bateau in the book I read. It doesn't oh. matter. Whatever. They're like big fucking boxes yeah, that you stand on and you like push it with a pole. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like not a great boat. But so Ethan Allen, he's loading up all these dudes to go. He's got, I don't know, it was like a hundred some guys. He's going to go yeah, get St. John's. Yeah. And Ben's got like 60 guys, but he's got a schooner. And the schooner is a little faster in the wind. And they have this really petty, stupid little across Lake Champlain boat race to see who can get their forces to St. John's to capture at first, you know, party pooper Ben Arnold or 
you know, party wild monster. Yeah, party monster Ethan Allen. And uh you know, it's just like real neck and neck until at the last moment when the wind gives out and the the bateau or the what was it called? Gundalo. The, the gundalo. And the you know, they're both kind of stuck dead in the water because the wind's gone. So Ben has all his guys hop out into little rowboats and they all row like hell. They get to St. John's, and it's the same story. It's like 20 British guys. They're all sitting around picking their noses. Americans show up. They all surrender immediately. And one of the things they tell them is they're like, hey, we got reinforcements on the way. There's like 200 British coming, and you better like get what you want and get the fuck out because mm-hmm. they will be here real soon. So Ben, he upgrades from his schooner to a sloop. Gundalo Sloop Schooner. We need to start sailing, man. This is a fun yeah, name. it's fun to say the names. <laughs> so he gets that, grabs a bunch of supplies, burns all of the British boats, and they start heading back to Ticonderoga with all this loot and this cool new boat. And while they're doing it, they see the green mountain boys just huffing and puffing, trying just to get their paddling stupid, with their arms. yeah, little square boats. <laughs> and he's... So he, like, fires a cannon off, which I guess is, like, a naval doorbell. Mm. He just kind of pops off one of the cannons, and he invites Ethan Allen aboard, and he's being all magnanimous now, because, you know, he got there first. Yeah, a fancy got, new sloop. Yeah, he got all this off. shit. And uh, they're talking, and he says, yo, Ethan, like, I know we got beef, but you really shouldn't go there. They got 200 British people coming to reinforce it. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Don't do it. Don't take the Green Mountain Boys there. It's a bad idea. And, you know, Ethan Allen's like, well, you know what? We'll just fucking kill him. And we'll take everything. Duh. You know, dummy. Why wouldn't... Why wouldn't we just do that? Yeah, we did it before. And so, Ethan Allen, you know... So, Ben Arnold, he sails back to Ticonderoga with all his booty and fun and new boat. And uh, Ethan Allen, he, you know, takes his stupid little sponge-shaped boats, and they get it to St. John's, and they're all exhausted, so he lets his guys take a nap. They're tired from fucking paddling with their (laughs) arms. Like, like it's like like if if you had to power uh, the the Carnival Cruise Liner with, you know, like, with an exercise bike that was hooked up to a battery. It's ridiculous. But they get there, and they're all just like, he's like, all right, well, let's just take a nap over here. (laughs) So like him and a couple hundred green. I mean, and they're also fucking wasted. These guys are hammered. (laughs) They're hammered paddling a boat. That's good. That's like the worst time to be hammered is when you're paddling a boat. I can think of worse. (laughs) You know, be at least you're on a boat. That's my having to do like exercise while you're drunk is just like that's the that's the reason I that's get true. drunk. It's not like they're fishing. Yeah, so I don't have. They're, they're not, not going just, tubing. They're not just hanging out, passing out with a fishing rod in their hands. These guys are like actually having to do physical work, which is the worst, the last thing you want to do when you're drunk. So yeah, so they're all just drunk, sleeping by St. John's, and they're woken up by oh shit, two hundred British guys and some cannons and some muskets and. You know, they, they run away, but they, like, barely get out of there. Yeah, they left all their crap. Oh, yeah. All oh, their yeah. Supplies. All their guns, all their crap. <laughs> they left three three guys there behind. <laughs> they're, they're like, all right, everyone on in the boat. And they're, like, halfway down. They're like, oh, where's Jerry? And, and he's just sitting there on the shore. I can't swim. <laughs> I can't swim. Can you take the bateau back? Pick me up. <laughs> 
Fuck. No. Get your own baton. <laughs> this so, is mine. <laughs> so I mean this you know, this is just like further embitters Ethan Allen, who's just sitting there thinking, fuck, you know, Ben just got all this cool shit. He got this sweet boat. And what did I get? I got nothing. Fucking Jed's stuck on the beach. British got him now. You know, my boats are all shot up. But, you know, he does that thing where that people do when they really mess up and they don't want to admit it to themselves, where they just were like, you know what, that wasn't my fault. They just convinced themselves that they, it wasn't their fault. Oh, yeah, he started shooting his mouth off that Ben hadn't adequately warned him of the British reinforcements coming. Which might be true. Oh, yeah, I mean, let's be real. If you were Ben right there, would you be like... Yeah, dude, go for it. I saw a bunch of liquor, but it's, like, buried. You have to dig to get it. (laughs) A hundred percent. And I'll be like, yeah, you got to just get drunker, though. That's what they... They really like drunk people. Like, the drunker you are, the easier it'll be. You know, I, like... I... I, Because the books... The book... One of the books that we read was, like, Ben tried to tell him. He tried to tell him. And I'm like, "I, I don't believe that. Because Ben wasn't, like... He wasn't a great guy. He held grudges, 100%. We talked last episode about how he was, like, you know, firing off, uh, you know, guns at people who were saying that he had syphilis, you know? So it was like... Yeah, so he was definitely just... He held grudges. He was wound real tight. He was a real, yeah, tough guy. Also, we mentioned one of the books we read in the last one. Uh, One of the books I read, um, and if you're looking to read about this, it's actually, it's pretty short, so it's nice. It's uh, The Dark Eagle... The Story of Benedict Arnold by Clifford Lindsay Alderman. There you go. Thank you, Clifford. And it's, he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't hop on Ben's dick like the last guy did. But, yeah. You know, it's a good, it's a quick summary. It's it's all right, and I feel like it's pretty fair. That's good. Yeah. Um. Let's see, what else is going on? So, Ticonderoga, you know, you got Ethan Allen really shooting his mouth off, talking a lot of shit right now. and You have Ethan Allen shooting his mouth off. You got James Easton still back there. He he hates Ben uh, because when they were going to Ticonderoga, you know, think it was kind of like, all right, it's foggy, uh, it's four a.m. Like we got to get in there. Ben was like, we got to get in there right now to Ticonderoga. We got to we got to start moving in. And James James Easton was like, yeah, but the weather's like bad, and I don't want to make my men do that right now. And and Ben's like, well, we're, we're going. So they he takes, like, 80 people. Like, they only had, like, 80 to 100 people that moved up on the fort. And and James Easton was like, um, okay, well, the, the current's, like, really high right now. And we got to cross a river to get there. And Ben's like, well, too bad. We're, we're doing it right now. And, and um, then later, James Easton would ask... Ben for like a lieutenant position in his in his like army and his militia, and Ben was like, no, because you're a coward because you didn't follow us. And James Easton's like, well, that's because the river was nuts and you're insane. And this is like a common thread. This will be a common thread throughout Ben's military. Well, if you ever like, played Oregon Trail, when you ford the river, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's not a good idea. Like, and the Ben will, and this will happen. Later, we'll we'll get to it later. But Ben's like a pretty reckless guy when it comes to like he he's he's like what could ha- what's gonna happen? Nothing. Get to I- it later. He stood down Ethan Allen alone. He's gotten in two duels, one of which was with a sword. He you know he's a reckless but dude. That's not even the most reckless crap. But yeah, oh, that's he's, true. There's way more reckless shit coming. But he's already being reckless. And James Easton was like, I don't want to follow a crazy person across the river. 
But but so Ben's like, well, no, I don't think you're going to be a lieutenant, even though all your men like you, because you're a coward. And so that's another enemy that he had that was talking to Congress and, and all these other people that were making decisions. So you've got, like, all these different dudes sort of whispering in Congress's ear. And, and then uh, you also have... Yeah. You also have the Second Continental Congress now, which is like, which will be like the big unifying force. Mm-hmm. That's you know, hey, Ticonderoga was a success because they got cannons that they can bring to Boston now, and they and they took all and they took a couple other forts, and hey, they did a good job. But guess what that means? Congress, people in Congress, like the New York delegates, the New Jersey delegates, and the Pennsylvania delegates were still kind of like. Uh, let's try to work shit out with the British because they got a huge army and we're basically just like the leftover British army. Like we're not, we're like uh, we're not totally equipped for a war with them. But you know the New England the New England delegates were like we gotta we gotta bash their fucking brains in because they're sieging our towns. Bash them in. So you you have Congress kind of split. But the problem was when Ben went up to Ticonderoga. And when he went, and when Ethan Allen's boys went to Crown Point, and when the both of them went to St. John's, they were like, especially in St. John's, they were invading a foreign country. They were invading England's territory, and they were basically declaring actual all-out war on England by doing... Yeah, Congress was freaking out because they were still hoping for some sort of a peaceful resolution. Right. They were trying to come to an agreement and let's say, let's figure out how we can get some seats in Parliament over there and let's talk about that Stamp Act. And then a bunch of American forces seized a ton of British forts and weapons and... And basically started the war. Like, that was like, that was the real start of the war. So basically, Benedict Arnold... And Ethan Allen and Edward Or at Mott. least it was like a very serious escalation. You know, yeah. that's just dumping gas on a fire. Yeah, I mean, that, that Which one... you shouldn't do. That's really dangerous, by the way. Mm-hmm. No, gas turns into like a vapor. I, got, I know somebody that got really hurt doing that. Don't do that. Um, well, if you want to get really hurt, then you should do it. Yeah. It's a good way to get hurt. Oof. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, sorry. The, just, yeah, a little safety warning. Um, well, thank you for that. appreciate that. <laughs> no, it's just whenever I hear that, I always think about this guy, and I always think, oh, shit. What, is he, like, really badly burned? It's not terrible, but it was bad enough that I was like, ah, and he was like, yeah, I got it, because I was pouring a bunch of gas on a fire, and I didn't realize that gas is, like, also turns into a vapor, and, like, it was, like, in the air kind of thing. He just had a bucket of gasoline and was pouring it on a fire? I think he, like, poured it around, waited a couple seconds and tossed a match in. Either way, just so gas what? and fire. What was he trying to do? I think he was burning leaves or something. I don't what? know. What? I don't That's remember. Insane. This was a long time ago. I just remember don't do it. <laughs> I feel like you should just not set anything on fire. Like, that's a, I feel like that's a good general rule unless you have a fire pit. Or a bomb. You're not, I mean, you're Sense not really. weed on fire. <laughs> <laughs> or crack. Gonna endorse crack in the middle of our Benedict. Let it get real quiet. Let let that sit with you. What you just said. Um, I mean, I already endorsed slavery and Trump. Apparently, well, I'll be the bad guy in this podcast. It's fine. Is that that how this is gonna go? You're gonna be the bad guy. I'm gonna be the villain. The pro-Trump slave owning monster. (laughs) I like being the antagonist. I think we need to decrease how much beer you drink. <laughs> Should we? Um, we need to balance it. Where out. were we? 
What were we so talking about? They'd captured Ticonderoga, and we've got we've got uh, you know allies of Ethan Allen or enemies of Benedict Arnold, sort of whispering these bad things to Congress. Congress is freaking out because this was a serious escalation, and what does Congress do? They dispatch a team to audit Benedict Arnold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're hearing all of this really sort of salacious, bad stuff about him. So they send a team to audit him. And I'm going to say, other than denying some of his payments, which he eventually got to. like he, he, he was like filing these expense reports and Congress is looking at it like, uh... We only wanted to give you a hundred bucks to do this. Yeah, I mean, he's. It's like if you went to, you know, if you bought like a big screen 4K TV for the office, and you're like, "Well, I bought this for the office, boss. Can, can I get paid back for that?" And he's like, "I didn't tell you to buy that." And Ben's like, "Well, okay, but I bought it already. So where's my money?" Like that's not how that works. I feel like it's more like if I brought you to Disneyland, and I'm like, "All right, Mike, go have fun in Disneyland. Here's twenty bucks." You know, I'm paying for everything. Here's 20 bucks. Yeah. I mean... You buy one $20 lemon churro, and then you spend some money, and you're like, well, yeah, here's my receipts. You said you're going to pay for everything. And I'm like, no, I gave you $20. But uh, you paid for me to get into Disneyland? This is this analogy is... (laughs) I mean, that's... I mean, I I feel like that's fair. You paid for me to get into Disneyland, and you gave me 20 bucks, and then that's cool, man. This is, we're going to, oh God. <laughs> I don't know. I might how know is this, how are we already at an hour? I don't right, know. We got to oh pick shit up. We got to pick this shit up. So. All right, so he betrays the country and then he dies. That's <laughs> done. That's it. Um, all right. No, all right. So he's getting audited. Um, they're farting around in Quebec. And Ben's coming up with this idea that we're going to invade Canada, and this is actually turning out to be so long, let's just do Canada in another episode. Let's we'll just do Canada in the next episode. Because I want to do a good job. Invading Canada is sweet. It's where the combat starts popping off, buckshots ripping heads off, people are getting thrown off walls. Like, the fucking action is coming. Well, so to set it up, basically he was trying to tell Congress, like, we got to go into Canada. They've got Montreal. they got Quebec. And he knows for a fact that, like, the French citizens there are not, are none too fond of the British that have, that are occupying the cities. So he's like, hey, Canada's right for the taking. Like, that would be a huge victory for us. And we cut off an entire, an entire, like, front that the British could set up to invade from the north. Also, 14th Colony, good syrup. I mean, I would love it if Canada was part of America. I but don't then, think Canada would love it. But then it wouldn't... <laughs> well, not now. I think we talked about this in the last one, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We got into it, and you were saying, Canada, we're coming for you. You're living on borrowed time. Yeah. Then we started talking about how sexy Justin Trudeau is. Yeah. I mean, that's all Trump true. Dumpling. It's all true. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but so basically, um, you know, Ben's like, we should go into Canada. And Congress is like, no, I don't think so. And then he writes them a letter, and he's like, this is why we should go. And they're like, mm, maybe it is a good idea. Yeah, but they, so they, they, finally, they finally agree. But um, instead of giving Ben the command, which he thinks he deserves for coming up with the idea, they give it to this guy, uh, Benjamin Hinman. And that's because 
of all the reports are getting from Allen and John Brown and James Easton. You know, uh, they pass Ben over and they give it to this guy, Hinman, and Ben's pissed. And that's just kind of like the start of, um, oh, wait, and they gave the command. They gave the command to Shiler. Oh, right. They gave Benjamin Hinneman takes, takes over Ticonderoga, Ticonderoga yeah. and he's writing, because they were gonna, they were sort of like, they, they were fingering Hanneman for being a member of this invasion force, but he keeps writing these letters to Shiler. Who does? Benedict Arnold? Uh, Hinneman does. Oh, and he's yeah. the one that's complaining like, there's not enough rum here. Oh, and yeah. I just, I can't get anything done. And it's so cold. <laughs> and the fort just needs a lot of work. And I just, oh, and, Why'd you, know, you give him a Jewish voice? I, you know what? I'm listening to uh, that's the first Son time, of Sam right now. That's the first time that I've been offended this whole time. Well, he was talking about slavery, so <laughs> it cancels out. But um, So this guy hit him, and he's just bitching about how hard it is, and it's such a monumental task getting Ticonderoga up to snuff. like, Where before Shiler was getting reports from Ben Arnold when he was in charge, and Ben was like, I'm preparing the defense, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and... You know, he was very proactive. Of course, Ben doesn't really get any promotions. He doesn't get anything great, so he just resigns and he starts heading back to New Haven. But uh, then he, I mean, this is where the next episode starts. Yeah, I mean, Shiler's kind of like, no, let's go together. The two-pronged attack. Fucking To Montreal. I'll go to Montreal and you go to Quebec. And that's sort of like, I guess that's where we'll start it off. We got Philip, General Philip Shiler moving to Montreal. We got Ben moving some, getting ready to move up into Quebec. It does. It gets so much cooler from here on out. I mean, it's it's been kind of I think cool. This is so pretty far. cool. Ticonderoga is pretty. pretty but I mean, we're uh, talking like, I mean, assaulting Quebec is awesome. You know, we've got intense naval battles coming up. Um, you know, Saratoga is incredible. So just stay tuned, guys. It's a uh, I don't know. It's exciting. You know, we're kind of figuring this out as we go. How did we only get to Ticonderoga? I don't know, man. I'm going to listen to this later and freak out. Is time even real anymore? I don't know. I don't know. Because you were trying to, like... I I told you this was going to happen. I thought I had it. I thought we could get to Valcor Island. And then you spent five minutes talking about Trump and slavery. Hey, don't put this on me. I didn't spend five minutes talking about that. You spent five minutes talking about... You're not just lying to me in my face, (laughs) but you're lying to everyone that's going to hear this because I'm not editing that out. I'm not lying about saying that stuff. I'm lying about the amount of time that I said that stuff. So that's what he's lying about. (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, yeah. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, tuning guys. In. Uh, we'll see you in Canada for the next episode of Benedict Arnold. This yeah. is gonna be like a fucking six episode series, right? This it's, is driving me insane. It's gonna be like one of the Dan Carlin histories, but it's gonna oh, make you dumber when you listen. You're not gonna <laughs> learn anything. <laughs> We're failing you're everybody. Right. You're gonna listen to it. They're just gonna be like, "What is yeah?" So I'm listening to this podcast on Ben Arnold. I guess he's kind of a dick. Zephyrus and shot somebody. Um, but he also, like, took a fruit. But there was also his brother Ethan Allen was there. <laughs> and Ethan Allen, they, they, they like, to drink. That was all wrong. Except <laughs> Ethan Allen, like, um, yeah, well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, and, thanks, guys. Uh, Sorry for making you dumber. We'll listen to you.
Yeah, we'll see you. Yeah, you wanna you wanna talk to us about how you feel. I'm gonna go drink some more.